Welcome to the IncoTerms 2020 Rules Series by Trade Finance Global. Part 4. Carriage Paid To CPT One of the rules for any mode or modes of transport. CPT is the third, if you like, in order of the any mode or modes rules. If the buyer is paying by letter of credit, a letter of credit would typically specify a latest shipment date or period for shipment and would specify a port of loading and a port of destination. I'm Dipesh Patel, editor at Trade Finance Talks, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Bob Renai, a member of the ICC Incoterms 2020 drafting group. This is the fourth part of our Incoterms series, and today we're here talking about the CPT Incoterm, that's carriage paid to, which is one of the rules for any mode or modes of transport. So, Bob, to start off with, who are you, where are you from, and what do you do? Hi, I'm Bob Ronai, and I'm a member of the drafting group for the Incoterms 2020. Where I'm from is I'm from tropical North Queensland in Australia. Thank you very much. So, Bob, let's get started. What is CPT? What is CPT? CPT is the third, if you like, in order of the any mode or modes rules. It stands for carriage paid to. That indicates that included in the price is the goods and everything to bring the goods to the carrier and the cost of carriage. Now, carriage being to whichever destination. So we have an interesting thing in CPT as in all four of the C rules. We have two points of interest. And this is where sometimes there is confusion. Delivery in CPT is when the seller gives the goods to its carrier, the carrier that the seller themselves contracted. That is delivery. That is the point at which the buyer's risk commences. But the seller has also contracted for carriage to the destination. And the obligation there is for the buyer to receive the goods from the carrier, but that is not delivery. The risk during that transit from the delivery point at the seller's end to the receiving point at the buyer's end is the buyer's. Whether they ensure that risk or not is not an obligation to either party. CPT is similar to FCA in the delivery point, though in the rule, we did not define that as we did with FCA, having the two options of delivery, whether it is given in FCA to the buyer's carrier, the seller's premises or somewhere else. To some degree that's immaterial, except that it is the point at which the buyer's risk commences and therefore, it's at that point that the buyer is obliged to pay for the goods. They don't even know in advance, unless it's very specifically in the contract, when or where that point is. Because they also may not know, unless it's in the contract, 
who that carrier that the seller has contracted to carry the goods actually is. Indeed, who their agent in the buyer's country is. Now, carriage paid to requires the seller to export clear, that is carry out export formalities. And it requires the buyer, quite logically, to carry out the import formalities. If for any reason the goods need transit clearance in another country that the goods are passing through, then that is something the buyer has to arrange because the goods have been delivered. Now, this rule works rather well for land transport, for example, in the Europe Central Asian landmass. Quite often, it would be the seller's carrier's vehicle which picks the goods up and takes them from Toulouse and could well take them all the way across that landmass to, say, Tashkent. Or the seller themselves might deliver because this rule can be used for domestic as well as cross-border trade or within a, a customs union so they could be delivering from Toulouse to I can't find a, a T name Trieste they could be using the, their own vehicle the seller could have a, their own transport fleet and the rule now provides for that, that the seller can use their own vehicle instead of an obligation to contract for transport. They arrange transport. Its use in air freight is a little bit more problematic in that um, we now start changing modes and that typically would mean you start changing carriers. So even though the seller has contracted with one of the major freight forwarders, let's say, or even a smaller freight forwarder, that freight forwarder may well contract with a local carrier who will contract possibly with a truck owner who will collect the cargo and take it to the freight forwarder's premises. The freight forwarder may then, beyond that, take them to the airline with another trucking company and the airline will move them around and then put them on board a flight, which may not even be their own flight. So we have some interesting complications behind the scenes but as far as the rule is concerned, it's the carrier who organised the carriage from go to woe. It's working with containers starts getting just a little bit more problematic because the seller delivers, as I said, when they hand the goods to their carrier, not when the goods go on board a vessel. If the buyer is paying by letter of credit, a letter of credit would typically specify a latest shipment date or period for shipment and would specify a port of loading and a port of destination. Now, there, or port of discharge, there is provision in the LC format to show a place of receipt and a place of destination. That typically on a bill of lading will be, let's say, CYCY, container yard, container yard. But in fact, the carrier that organised the transport, the freight forwarder, may well have picked the goods up before that at the seller's premises. So that's where delivery was. They then contracted with a shipping line and the shipping line is carrying the goods and issuing their bill of lading. 
So the shipping line bill of lading does not actually reflect the contract itself that the goods were picked up at the seller's premises. Ideally, in that circumstance, the freight forwarder would be asked to issue a house bill of lading showing the exact point of receipt. It's, well, it's not all that usual in my experience to see that. It tends to be a shipping line bill of lading, just simply assuming that they took delivery of the goods at the container yard. If the buyer's LC shows a later shipment date, what is the obligation on the seller to meet that? Well, actually none. So where do we stand? Where does the seller stand if they delivered, let's say the contract required delivery latest 30 November, and the seller was in compliance with the contract by delivering on the 29th of November. The carrier, the freight forwarder, took the goods to the container terminal, the container yard, and they were booked to go on a vessel leaving the 4th of December. Sadly, the vessel was overbooked. Not only that, it was running late anyway. So the container didn't go on board by the 4th of December. It went on the following vessel, which was leaving on the 12th of December. Unfortunately, the buyer or their bank, not understanding the ramifications of CPT, showed a later shipment date of the 30th of November, which was an impossibility. Maybe they thought, look, within five days. So they made it the 5th of December. Well, they still missed. So here we have the seller at risk for their payment. Now, what happens also if the goods fell off the truck after they'd left the seller's premises, after the seller had handed them over to the seller's carrier. Remember, that's the point of delivery. Well, it would be the buyer's problem. The chances, however, of a buyer paying for the goods that fell off the truck in the seller's country, fell off the seller's carrier's truck, are frankly pretty slim. We have to also explain in the sea rules, there's a very, very important problem that people often have, and that's the misunderstanding of delivery. Just because the contract is CPT to a destination place does not mean that delivery is at that destination place. Delivery, remember, is when the seller gave the goods to the carrier, what used to be referred to as the first carrier. The buyer's obligation is to take the goods from that carrier when they get to the destination. Now, if that happens, there's another problem because let's say that the price of the commodity of the goods fell in transit and the buyer was now looking for any reason to be able to get out of the contract and it happened to be under letter of credit so they refused the discrepancy of late shipment and the goods are now sitting somewhere in the destination country the seller needs to be aware that they will be the one who's up for demurrage and detention until they do something with those goods or until maybe the customs authorities in that country choose to auction them the cb has its issues with container transport it doesn't really reflect what actually happens out there and the way that sellers and buyers envisage container transport. 
especially in that area or those areas of the world which have only fairly newly over the last decade or two come into the fore with container trade. It used, trade used to be Europe-centric. Trade is now not Europe-centric. There are other areas in this world which are now trading very, very actively. There are millions of containers moving around the world every day and they don't go anywhere near Europe, which is where these rules tend to suit. Thank you very much, Bob. And I think it's very important to remember that CPT is one of the key INCO terms where the buyer's risk commences. And it's very important to understand who needs to take out the insurance and why this is so important. Speak soon. INCO terms is a registered trademark of the International Chamber of Commerce. And this commentary supplements the ICC Incoterms 2020 rulebook, which can be purchased through your local ICC branch or online. Rules on the correct usage of the trademark can be found on the ICC website. For more information on Incoterms, visit tradefinanceglobal.com.